G'day guys and girls and welcome back to the Extended Bench Mailbag where we're here to answer your questions from Twitter. So we're going to jump straight into it. And the, yeah, the first question is from Jackson uh, at JacksonConnor11. Uh, he's wondering, if I go Steph to Grundy this week and play Ahern, I can get Gaff in next week. Uh, if I go Ahern to Beams right now, I can go full premium this week and go Steph to Grundy next week. So do I play Ahern and get Gaff next week or get Beams this week and go premium that way? So that's Alrighty. tough. So you're going Steph to Grundy regardless. It's just different weeks. Yep. Um... And he's uh, so it's, it's whether or not he ends up with Gaff in the side or Beams, or beams. in the side and gets uh, Grundy in that week quicker. Uh, but he's Gaff next week. Yeah, so he'll have a Hearn on the field this week if he wants to go to Gaff gotcha. next All right. week. So I think it comes down to what we were discussing in the main podcast of what you're trying to achieve with your team at this point in the year. Yeah. So if you're going for... Um, overall rankings, uh-huh. um, then you want to finish that team off as quickly as possible. Which uh, you'd say Gaff, particularly coming up against uh, Collingwood, that would absolutely be the way to go. Yep. So uh, you could bring in uh, Grundy this week, play Hearn that one last week, and then get Gaff in next week. I mean, you're going to take a short-term hit for a massive long-term gain. Yeah, personally, I would prefer Gaff in my final team over Beams, yep. um, by a fair margin as well. Um on what I've seen this year, absolutely. Yeah, the other thing, Steph to Grundy. I mean, Grundy's going to score well against whoever he's playing, but he does have Nick Nat this week, which isn't an ideal matchup. Mm, yeah, it's tough. Um, but I don't think it's going to... It's not a big enough... No. ...to be a deciding factor. It's just a by yeah. the by. So if you're asking me which flat out, I would say go with your first option. Play a Hearn on the field one more week and then uh, get Grundy in this week. I agree. That's um, what I'd do. Yeah, so uh, the two options, I like that one much better, mate. Um, We've got a couple of questions from Brody, actually, who's messaged in. uh, Mm -hmm. Whose first one is, I currently have Lloyd, Sicily, Crisp, Tom McDonald, Webster, Luke Ryan, and Luke McDonald uh, in a draft league, I'm assuming. Uh, Arguably six of the top 15 backs and probably a top 25 overall, too. Uh, What sort of mid should I be targeting in exchange for Tom McDonald, Webster, or Ryan? Um, And should I instead trade Crisp? For an uber premium. And he has done a follow-up. He says, I also should add 10-team redraft. Armitage is currently my worst starting mid. Yeah. So, the guys he's looking at moving on. So, damn, good team. Really good team. Good team. A little bit of a cheeky cheeky brag there, I think. No, it's a humble brag. Absolutely. There's no question about it. That's (laughs) the king of humble brags right there. But it deserves a humble brag because that is a very solid team. It's a very solid team. So, um, So, he's talking about moving on Tom McDonald. Webster and Ryan. Yeah, so... Tom McDonald is averaging 88.8 for the year, Uh huh. but only 76.8 in his last five. Yeah, he's not having a good last five. It's Webster. Yeah. 82.7 for the year, mm-hmm. 76.6 for the last five. Had that injury and has come back a little bit wavering. So, yeah. uh, Luke Ryan, 80.7 for the year and 69.4 for the last five. Yeah. So, all three of those guys have got pretty good averages for the year. But they've dropped off a fair bit in the last month and a bit or so. Yeah, so you're, you're, would what you're suggest... trying to do is you're, you're offloading them at the, on the downswing, so you're not which gonna, is tough. You're not going to get as much as you could have for yeah. them. And I think that if whoever you're looking at trading them to is astute, they'll look at what their recent scores are. Mm-hmm. You'd have to bundle a two or possibly 
probably yeah, I'd say probably two, maybe all three of them to actually get a midfielder worth chasing after. Yeah, those they're just the name value is there, especially for a couple of them, Tom McDonald yep. and uh, um, Luke Wright. Yep. But the yeah, the the recent averages just aren't enough to push them up in my mind. Um, I if you're looking at just targeting someone immediately, you might be able to get a. What, so they're sort of averaging around about 77, am I right? Uh, yeah, like 77. That? You might be able to get a 90 to 92 averaging midfielder, something like that, which yeah. which isn't exactly what you'd be right. hoping Armitage for. Armitage is his worst starting mid. Which means that an Armitage is actually a, you're average. You're getting a bench midfielder. Yeah, you're getting a bench midfielder because Armitage is actually averaging quite well at the moment. Um, and so second part was, should I trade Crisp for an Uber premium? I don't think you can do that at the moment either, mate, unfortunately, because, again, you're trading someone on the downswing. So, your yeah. Crisp has gone 99, 98, 79, and 76 in his last four. 99 and 98, you're very happy with, but yep. those aren't uber-defensive numbers. No. And the two 70, 70s in a row are a They'll team... play on people's They mind. will play on people's mind in a trade. So... Yep. The, my little bit of a worry there for you is that because you're trading all four of these players on a downswing, if you want a really good midfielder to improve your mm. overall side, you might have to trade one of the guys who is very, very good. So maybe someone like Sicily, um, we, who would be a really good option, because at least that way you're keeping Lloyd in your side. Like I would not get rid of Lloyd. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely not. But if you want to get a really good midfielder, you could actually trade Sicily for an Uber premium, I would suggest. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I don't think you're going to get an Uber primo for Crisp. You might get a primo, though. You, you might get a premium, someone who's averaging about 100, maybe. But, but yeah, yeah, you pro- you could probably get a 100 to 100. And, oh, actually, no, I'd say about 100 to 104 averaging because yeah. the, the worry is the recent form. So you're trading him off of two, two back-to-back 70s. Yeah, So, but that the thing you've got to keep in mind is is the midfielder you're going to get going to be that much of an improvement on Armitage? Exactly. Versus um, you're probably playing, I guess, Luke McDonald from the looks of it is your defensive um, emergency. Bench. Yeah. So how much of a loss are you taking there versus how much of a gain are you going to get for that midfielder? I, yeah. I think you probably leave them. I would as well. You've got a very good team at the moment, mate. Uh, second question from Brody is... Uh, Christian, you've said you keep a pretty keen eye on the under-18 stuff in the past. Is Sam Walsh a step above uh, mids from previous drafts, and how high should he be going in keeper leagues? Uh, That's a good question, mate. I do actually keep a pretty close eye, and uh, at the end of this year, I will be doing my uh, phantom draft. I really enjoyed that last year. Yeah, we did did one last year before we were broadcasting publicly, and uh, (laughs) we had a lot of people enjoy that, so that's something that I'll be bringing back. Um, now, in terms of Sam Walsh, he has been fantastic. His under-18 carnival was incredible. Yeah. Um, and he just sort of cemented himself as, if not top... I mean, he's absolutely a top two. Him, top two it's, for sure. it's between him and Lukosius. And yeah. Lukosius... The only reason I can see Lukosius going ahead of him is out of team need. So, yeah. it's probably going to be Carlton that gets that number one pick this year, I would suggest. Yeah. Uh, Brisbane might sneak ahead of them. Which means that... I mean, it's tough to say what Carlton need most because they do need forwards. I'd um, say they would go midfielder. Yeah, they probably will go midfielder, which means they'll go Sam Because they've got McKay, Kerr, and someone else that I'm forgetting. Kerner, Charlie Kerner. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that are developing. Charlie oh, Kernow's, okay. 
is amazingly kind of already arrived. Yeah, but um, as that second role though, yeah, they've got those guys still developed. They've got Harry McKay. So, uh, but Lukosius is that once in a generation sort yeah. of player. Like Sam Walsh is going to be an incredible midfielder. But, you know, there are a lot of incredible midfielders out there. There's not many players. Like, Lukosius could be a, a Buddy Franklin sort of player. And I know that's a big title to put on a young player who hasn't played um, yeah. even much VFL or Sandful. He's played a little bit He's of Sandful, done very Sandful, well. Yeah. But um, the, the thing, though, is with drafting those young tools, are they going to be gun-shy of how many key forwards have gone number one in the last 10 years that haven't developed. Lukosius is a different sort of forward, though. And and that's it's pretty easy to see. He's not like a, a Paddy McCartan or a, a John Patton, one or of those. Tomboy. Or a Tom Boyd. who's just that big, lumbering forward who can take an amazing mark, pack mark. Mm-hmm. Lukosius is something different. Um, mm-hmm. But in saying that, Sam Walsh could easily sneak ahead of him, especially at Colton. He's been yeah. terrific, averaging 29.5 disposals for Vic Country in the under-18 carnival. He just... He gets... He's got a good... Um, he's really balanced. Yeah, he's, he's got a great balance. clearly he's, the he, best mid in that draft. He was more of an outside player, but his inside work, due to the requirements of the team, hmm. just got better and better as the carnival went on. So, yes, he is a he- definitely heads and above the best midfielder of this one. In terms of previous drafts, Tough to say because there are there are a lot of talented midfielders. I mean, you look at players like Hugh McCluggage, Tim Taranto. We have Andy Brayshaw last year. You've got obviously Cam Rayner, mm-hmm. um, Paddy Dow as well, who's been playing in a really poor team. I wouldn't say that he's head and shoulders above all of those guys together, but mm-hmm. he's absolutely in that pack and he's towards the head of that pack on on a. Um, what we've shown, uh, but just another one, uh, another few to keep an eye on in keeper leagues this year. Um, mm-hmm. so, we, so, just the other thing: how high sh- should he be going in keeper leagues? How high should he be going? I'd in be keeper saying leagues? he should be probably top three. number one, number yeah, top three. Uh, it depends on yeah, because depends obviously on you've got uh, because we we had in our keeper league re, um, uh, top up draft this year. We actually had players like Toby McLean and James Sicily available who hadn't been picked up the year before because they were in poor form when our lockout happened. Yep. So if players like that are available, you might sneakily take one of those ahead yep. of him. But Sam Walsh is going to be terrific. He will be the number one draftee taken in your top up. Absolutely. Uh, but there are other midfielders who are going to be very good as well. So players like Bailey Smith yep. is going to be a fantastic fantasy player. Excellent. We have um, another Bailey for the Bailey Watch. We do have another Bailey, and he's going to be great as well. He's He probably will be the best Bailey. He will easily go above Fritch. Uh, I think I, I heard uh, Brody roll around in his grave somewhere. Right <laughs> he's that, well, he's not, obviously, but he's sending us questions. Uh but uh, another one, Riley West is going to be a very interesting He's one over the Bulldogs. Um, a young kid called English uh, from Luke? WA. I think it's Luke English, yeah. yeah. Um, he he reminds me a lot of Matty Prittis, and a, a lot of people have been oh, saying yeah. that. He just rocks up every single week, gets the job done, no fuss, no muss, but he's going to be a very good fantasy player as well. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I will be doing my fantasy... Uh, well, it's fantasy-oriented a little bit. There'll be a lot yeah. more fantasy talk. But it'll be a general phantom draft for yep. uh, uh, in the off season this year. Cool. Hope that helps you out, Brody. We've got a, a couple of questions from Craig as well. Who's uh, first one is need to upgrade Guelphie and deciding between Rocky Menegola or Crozier as a POD. Uh, open to other suggestions, but I already have the other top forwards. AFL fantasy. Um, whew, I mean, out of just that list there, I know you're not big on him, but I would prefer. Menegola, if you're trying to work towards a more complete team. So I would agree. 
for me, Menegola is the one to go to as your final position. Yep. For me, Crozier is only a um, stepping stone. Yeah, so if you need some... I mean, obviously, you're just not going to need much cash to go Guelphie to Crozier. You're not yep. actually making money off yep. of that if, trade. If you're after a point of difference, Crozier is not going to score highly enough, often enough, to be a good point yep. of difference. So I like I like Menegola of the three that you've offered. Um, if you're open to other ideas, I mean, we talked about Chad Wingard earlier, who's... Only 100k more than Crozier. We obviously really like him, but there's a chance that you might already own him, Craig. Um, but, I mean, absolutely, of those three, uh, I'd be going Menegola. So Menegola is owned by 20.9% of teams, so he's not really a point no, of difference. he's not. Um, um, Rockcliffe is owned by... I think he'd be owned by 26 more. point. Because yeah, that, there was that one or two weeks where you had to get Rocky in pretty much. Yeah. So I'm thinking that if you're after a point of difference, you go with Menegola. He's not a massive point of difference, yeah. but of the ones I mean, you've if you're forward, after, if you're desperate for a real point of difference, I mean, the choice might even be Crozier because he's the only one who's not owned by like 20% of the competition. You don't. But the go, upside isn't enough with yeah, him. Yeah, you need that. It's all well and good to have a point of difference, but you actually have to think they're going to score higher than everyone else. I, I'd be going Menegola. Yeah. Uh, second question from Craig is uh, another option. Oh, here we go. Another option is to upgrade Kernow who's underperforming, but is uh, better? But is it better to upgrade a rookie over a failing Primo? That's a good question. Failing Primo as opposed to upgrading rookie. Uh, both are leaking money at the moment. Uh, Guelphie is not hitting his break-evens. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Kurnow isn't hitting his break-evens. Does it come down to who's leaking the more money? Or who you can do more with? So, Kurnow, you already have a bit of money there for his price maybe it's going to cost less to actually upgrade him to someone good I would actually go the opposite way around but similar thinking to yours so um, you are losing money on Guelphie you're losing money on Kurnow Kurnow at least next week will still have a fair bit of money there I mean it all comes out in the wash realistically Mm. Um, but when Guelphie loses another 30k or something like that you're going to be left with under a sub 400k and trying to move someone up to that you're going to need a lot of money Mm. You're going to need less money next week, obviously, to upgrade Kurnow. But like I say, it it all works out evenly in the end. And in the main um, podcast, we did discuss quite a few uh, midfielders that are sort of 700k priced or so. So, um, Uh, I mean, yeah, you'd maybe need like 70k to get Kurnow up to one of them. Who are Carlton playing this week? St. Kilda. I would prefer to keep Kurnow in for one more week because there's a chance he could pump out 100 this week, even if it's yeah. just 100, whereas I don't think Guelphie's going above 70 at all. Yeah, so I think Guelphie to Menegola is the move. Yeah, that's the way to go, Craig. Uh, question here from Nick, uh, who's asking... Uh, what's Nick asking? There we go. What position do you think Tom Cutler will be next year? Any chance of forward and back status? So I think he's definitely going to be dual position next year. Mm-hmm. Um I would think that he will have forward status if he keeps his current role for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, because he is kicking a lot of goals, he's getting a lot of ball up forward, but I'm not sure that he's done enough yet to get forward status. I'm worried that he gets um, midfield-only status, to be honest. Um, we uh, we actually had this conversation earlier in the week, and uh, I had a bit of a look at his heat map. I know the heat map isn't particularly reflective <laughs> of even where they're starting, yep. Um but champion data do look at it. So yep. you can't discount it as a, a means of trying to tell whether someone will get back or forward status. Um, and he's it was something like 67% back and 33% forward. You, yep. the, just With, those numbers alone, you can't 
give forward status to that at the end of the year because it's an aggregate of the whole yeah, year. Yeah, which is why I say if he keeps his current role for the mm. rest of the year. because the, the remaining th- six rounds. Yeah, because what you're looking at is, as you said, aggregated over the whole year. Yeah. So he spent the first half of his season because he only came in partway through the year. He, he did. spent the first part of his season playing as a defender mm-hmm. and only in the last couple of weeks I think he's gone forward. Mm. So it will take time for those numbers to balance out. Yeah, he's actually almost... I mean, I've been watching a fair bit of Tommy Cutler. He's playing almost a true wing role as well. Like, And a true wingman does push more up into the forward line than he would into the back line um, because they wingmen generally are attacking. So... Uh, yeah. I mean, Andrew Gaff spends more time in the forward line than he does the back line, essentially. I, I'm sure if we actually went down and look at all the wingmen, we'd find some that push back up more. Yeah, I, I can get you. But the general role of a wingman is to, to go all across the ground and to push the ball up forward. So they're not there to defend. They're not pushing into the back but line. But they are there to be an outlet for defenders, which sometimes means pushing into defense. Yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying. But what, what I'm trying to, to put across is that He's playing a wing role, so he's playing wing and through half forward. I can honestly see him being a centre only next year. Like, uh, I think he will be a dual position. I'm just not sure what that position mm-hmm. will be. Well, you, but you don't think he'll be a dual position in terms of forward and back? Um, I haven't seen enough of his games to say. Yeah, I, I can generally say that, uh, or I can out and out declare here, he's absolutely not going to be a back forward next year. Um He's more likely to be a centre-back than he is a forward-back. But it, like you say, I completely agree. If he keeps going down this track and he keeps playing the exact role he is now, uh, like, and he'd probably have to spend almost you know 65% of every game in the forward line as well to counteract his current statistics. Mm. Um, if he does that, yes, he might get forward status. But it's a big if for me. It's more likely to get I think back. If center. he keeps his current role, I think he'll. There's a good chance he could be a forward mm. center. Mm. Um, but no, I don't think he's getting back forward. I, I don't. That would surprise me. Yeah, but because it's such a sudden shift, and there's if, like you say, there's been enough evidence to say that he's been forward to counteract that. Yep. He won't be. I mean, off anymore. the top of my head, the only forward backs I can think of are. Sicily. Key position type guys that literally those are the only positions they play. Mm-hmm. They only spend time yeah. in the arcs. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it will be interesting. I mean, Sicily did play five or like six or seven of the last few games in the back line and then got back status as a result of that and yep. kept his forward status. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. Mm, Tom Cutler. Absolutely. Champion data, ultimate footy and that sort of thing that are really, really hard to tell where they're going to place players. Yeah. Um, And that's the questions for the week. So what we're going to do is we're going to push on now to... I mean, it's our favourite game. Every week, except for last week. Disclaimer. (laughs) um, A risk it for the biscuit. So uh, this is the game. I'm sure you all know the rules now. But the aim of this is to just give you that little bit of a boost in your draft leagues. If you're coming up against like a your most hated opponent in your league, you, you need that little bit of a boost to just get ahead of them. If you're closing in on finals at the moment... You just don't think that you can get there. This is the guy you can bring in off the waiver list. You've got an injury you need to fill. Exactly. That is going to get that massive score this week. We think that he, this a player is going to be readily available. You can bring him straight in. Uh, the rules are they have to be owned by less than 50% in ultimate footy. Yep. And generally the rule is that we can't have already picked them, but because we're scraping the bottom of the barrel halfway through the year, we have reset it. we've ditched that rule so we can pick whoever we want. Yep. Uh, so, 
Uh, which makes sense, really. I mean, uh, you guys out there, you don't have that rule where you can only have picked them once. If they are owned by less than 50% of the competition, you should be able to pick them up whenever you want. Absolutely. So the current scoreline, too, is uh, 10 to 9 in my favour. Ooh, tough. Yeah, well, yeah. mate, you still owe me a trophy. I'm not... Get- <laughs> this. Have you not gotten it? I sent it in the mail. You didn't send me anything in the mail, and you know it, mate. It was worth a try. Mate, you absolutely know that. So, just putting this out there, if you do win at the end of the year, there's going to be none of this shenanigans of, well, now you have to make a trophy because I'm the reigning champion. Nah, that's... (laughs) This is backtracking to last year. (laughs) Um, I think it might be my turn to choose first, or am I wrong? You can take it anyway. Yeah, all right. Um, So, first choice for me this week, uh, 44% of teams own this guy. Uh, he's a forward from Brisbane. I'm picking Reese Matheson. Yep, good choice. He was my second selection. Yeah, so he's coming off two 80-plus scores in three weeks. He's playing the Hawks, mm-hmm. who are giving up scores at the moment. I mean, they're performing okay on the back end as well, but yeah. they are giving up some scores. Um, and I just think he's a really solid option, especially playing through the middle. They're going to give these youngsters time, Yeah. and Brisbane are on the upswing at the moment. He's been building over a few years as mm. well, so... Yeah. I like it a lot. Um, he was on my list of guys to go with, so I'm glad that you've taken him because he's let me down every time I've picked him. Yeah. So, and you just watch, he's going to get me 100. I love yeah, it. Probably will. All right, so my, I guess my first selection then will be Billy Stretch. Yeah, nice. We talked about him earlier. Yep, centre from Melbourne, 15% owned. He came back in last week for his first game since round five. He scored 97 versus Frio in Darwin. Yep. Big thing for me, he has the dogs at the MCG this round. Oh, that's, that's massive. So... You'd think that should be a big score. Generally, he's good for about two or three big scores before he trails off a bit and gets dropped. Yes. So I'm hoping that he can pump out a decent one. He is a centre only, but um, I see that as a positive because often we don't give centre only. No, we do. We do need to be a bit uh, a bit more uh, flexible with some of our picks, which I say as I about I'm about to choose another forward. it just, it just, the cards fell that way this I'm week, mate. I'm glad I only had three selections, so I was worried that you might take my third one. All right, so and then uh, I'd be going double or nothing on Billy. Thirty-eight percent owned from Geelong, Dan Menzel. Now this is a really interesting pick. So again, it's the uh, the reverse Hutchings. Yes, he was. He's been out of the side for a long time, injured. But the articles this week are all suggesting that he is coming back in. Yep. Now before his injury, as a forward, he was averaging seventy-five points. Uh, which is really solid. So you're pretty happy with that as a um, uh, in a deep draft league particularly. Um, and he'd had a couple of scores over 100 in there as well. So he has the ability to pump out the odd good score. Um, and the best thing for me is he's playing the Crows, who are a little bit all over the shop at the moment, and they are giving up some fantasy yeah, scores. they've looked a bit better the last couple of weeks, but yeah, I tend to agree. But the Crows in general, they do... I mean... They, they're almost out of finals contention, realistically. Um, yeah, they're on the cusp. Yeah, so uh, for me, I, I think the Crows are still going to be giving up some fantasy scores. Uh, and I, I, I've always liked watching Dan Menzel play, and he does have the odd amazing game. He's pretty special. I, I think that's going to be this week when he comes back in. So that's my second risk-it pick. Okay, I like Matheson more, but I like it. Fair call. Uh, my second one is Sammy Wright. Ooh, oh, North, North Melbourne. Ugh. 29% owned. Uh, he's had a good fortnight. He scored 104 versus Essendon and 79 versus Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. He has Sydney at Etihad, which isn't the best um, no, matchup, overly. but he did score 72 against Sydney earlier this year. So, yeah. um, And that would have been at the SCG, which would have been a bit more confined. So he might get a bit of space. 
And uh, yeah, hopefully you can have a good game. I like it. Well, it's always a danger picking a North Melbourne player for a fantasy uh, score. It is, but yeah. I got my fingers crossed. Actually, no, I don't have my fingers crossed for you, mate. I want to win. <laughs> I want this win in risk for the biscuit. You golden cookies. <laughs> Absolutely. Mate, if there isn't a golden cookie being made by the end of this year, I will be devastated because that sounds amazing. <laughs> we'll see what I can do. All right. And that is a podcast for the week, guys. Thanks so much again for joining us. Don't forget to hit us up with any questions you have on Twitter at ExtendedBenchAU. Um, if you listen to us on our iTunes as well, don't forget to jump on, give us a rating, give us a review as well. We always love reading those. Um, and yeah, hope you have a great weekend of fantasy footy ahead of you guys. We'll see you next week. Catch you next week.